0: Right, guys I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 14. We're progressing right along. Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. Now we're we're progressing along and we're moving towards the end but we're continuing on with Paul's thinking if so if you remember in chapter 12 after having spent the first 11 verses basically giving us a solid foundation concerning why people are going to hell, why the righteous shall live by faith and justification and our acceptance with him and the spirit empoweredness and even the struggle that we have in our own lives with sin. And then God's sovereignty in the midst of that. He starts off in chapter 12 saying that you and I need to, because of those mercies that he just laid out, we need to present ourselves daily, a living sacrifice to him, and don't be conformed to the way the world does things. Don't don't just live your life with the thinking that the world has, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind This from the inside out by God's word. And so he gave us some things that we need to work on. So he talked about how we are to be with each other as far as using our gifts for the benefit of one another. But then he goes there to loving one another, that great commandment from Jesus. Not just loving one another, but loving everyone else and loving our enemies, and even how you and I are to be with government. So now, he finished it up by talking about how that, if you remember, is a reflection of the fact that you and I as believers, by loving each other, we're not giving into our own desires, but we're putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. So here he is, he gets into 14. And so he's going to expand that whole issue of loving one another. He's going to get it a little bit more practical about what it means to love one another. Because here's what it's not. Loving one another isn't just saying to people from one side of the room to the other side, Oh, we love you. Kissy, kissy. That, that's not, that's not loving one another. Just love you, love you. No, we're not, we're not, t- we're talking about love being practical. Love being how you deal with each other. Did you understand what I'm saying? And so he's going to get right into the heart of the reality of dealing with each other because we're human. And when you have humanity coming together, do we all agree on stuff? Do we? You know, do, do you know what I'm saying? Like today is NFL day, so who's your team today? Or if you even if you have a team, or maybe you gave up your team. But who's your team today? And who are they playing? Do you like the people who like the team they're playing? Do do, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, so the, the reality is, is that when you get people in a church, not everybody thinks the same way. Have you realized that? I realized that a long time ago. Nobody thinks like you, George. Nobody. And that's actually a good thing, isn't it? Okay? But the reality is, we all differ and so sometimes we have to, are you ready for this? Put up with each other. Oh, I'm tired of putting up with each other. No, 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 you don't understand. That's part of loving each other. In fact, he's going to get ready to tell us that here. He's going to talk about getting along with each other and what that means especially when you talk about when you have a group of people are we all on the same maturity level no no we're not because those other people are immature and and you express that which it reflects your maturity when you do that though just so you're aware okay so the reality is is that he's going to talk to us about getting along with each other especially when you have people who have differing opinions okay So let's look at this together. We're going to look at verses 1 to 12 in Romans chapter 14. Here's what he writes. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes that he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. Let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on a servant of another? It is before his own master that he will that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand one person esteems another. One person esteems one day better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess. And so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. All right, so here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to see the issue of maturity. That's the first section. We're going to talk about how we deal with each other because let's be honest, we're on different levels here. We got so many different opinions, okay? I thought it was interesting when he talked about one person esteeming one day better than another, and some people see every day as the same. I have a friend, Thursday's a special day for him. It's a special day between he and the Lord, and so he does not have any meetings with anybody. I've tried numerous times looking at my schedule, saying, hey, let's get together for a coffee, how about Thursday? And he'll keep reminding me, now, George, you remember, that's my day. So, Thursday's a special day for him. Now, I don't treat him like, oh, come on, get real. It's just Thursday. If you said Sunday, I'd understand. But he has to work on Sunday. You see what I'm saying? So it's an issue of how we treat each other. So we're going to see the issue of maturity. We're going to see the basis for living. Who do we live for? And then we're going to see about accountability because that's the one thing we forget. Now, we talked about this earlier. What do you mean earlier? Well, if you come to Sunday school, which, by the way, can I tell you to come to Sunday school? Because we study God's word. We're in 1 Corinthians, and they're talking about church fighting right now. And one of the things about church fighting is it's usually focused around individuals or groups of individuals and what? Egos. Egos. And one of the things that you forget, we're seeing this, is that you forget that one day everyone will be held what? Accountable. Do you you know what I'm saying? Accountable. Somebody's got to give an account because when you have a church fight, who does that hurt? The church, everybody in the church, right? Not just the church, but also the people outside of the church. So let's go though. I'm, I'm going to teach Sunday school. I'm going to talk about the message. So let's look at this. Verses one to three, the issue of maturity. First of all, here's what he says, verse one. As for the one who's weak in a faith. Now, what is he talking about weak in a faith? This is talking about an immature believer, somebody who just came to faith. All right? As for the one who's weak in a faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. Welcome him so that you be accepting of him, but don't get into disputes with him over what? Opinions. Or as one, the New King James would say, disputable matters, okay? Don't get involved in disputable matters. So here's what I'm saying. By accepting others, be accepting of others, but don't argue over opinions. Now, it happens. What do you mean? Okay, it happens. So, for instance, when I came to faith in Christ back in 1985, I came to faith in Christ I wanted to make a clean break from my old lifestyle. So that meant the way that I was before Christ, so I basically eliminated everything from my life that had anything to do with my old life. Maybe to an extreme, okay? Maybe to an extreme. So I, I would only listen to Christian music. And my group back then was Harvest. Who is Harvest, George? They don't exist anymore. You can't even find their albums anymore. But I have an album, okay? And it's on my iPhone. I still listen to it. Lori says, like, oh, my goodness, you're putting that on, you know, when I play it, okay? Wow. Okay, so I used to be so archaic about that. And I, and I would, but here, here's the thing. And then I would listen to somebody who had been mature in the faith, somebody who'd known Jesus for a lot longer, I would be with them, and I'd get in their car, and they're playing the rock station. And then I, in my immaturity, would say to him, "Hey, is there? Have you got a problem? Are you right with the Lord? I mean, uh, you know, you're listening to that sinful stuff and and everything. Are, are, you, are you, is there a problem with you? I would, because I would think, you know, as a believer, you got to remove yourself, separate yourself from. Why are you letting the world? That's the kind of language I was using. Why are you letting the world in your car? And thankfully, the guy that I'm talking to knew these verses. Because he could have just said, boop, get out of here, George. You know know what I'm saying? What's the matter with you, okay? This is the thing. So sometimes when you have people new in the faith, they're leaving an old lifestyle, they develop thinking about things, okay? For them, it was especially very important because they're in a culture where basically everybody ate meat. No, excuse me, everybody ate vegetables. But the meat typically was sold outside of temples, meaning it was what? Sacrifice to a deity. Paul talks about this a little bit later. And so therefore, they wouldn't eat any meat because they used to be temple goers. As far as they're concerned, that meat was offered to an idol. Do you understand what I'm saying? And there you are, a mature believer, and you know, as Paul would say later in some of his writings, you know that an idol is nothing. Nothing. I'm going to enjoy that steak. Pass the Heinz 57, or whatever you use for your steak sauce, right? But for the guy who just got saved out of pagan worship, he's thinking, oh my goodness, I can't eat that. That was that was offered to Apollo, or, or Zeus, or, or Athena. You see where there might be fighting? So what he's saying here, we need to be accepting of others, But don't argue over opinions. Here's what he says in verse 2. Look with me, verse 2. He says this, One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. What's going on here? Each of us is at a different level of maturity concerning the things of life. Each of us is at a different level of maturity. You've got to recognize that. Not everybody is where you're at. And you're not where everybody else is at. Do you you understand what I'm saying? We're all, let's just say it, write it down, works in progress, right? We're all being matured. And so there are things that you begin to realize that aren't essential to your relationship with Christ, but then you realize that some things don't matter to the relationship with Christ. And so you realize that people are at different levels. So some people, they only want to eat vegetables, and others, there's no problem with meat. Okay? So here's the, th- here's the next thing I want you to see here about the issue of maturity. Here's the point. Verse 3 Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed it. Now, here's the point I want you to see. You're called not to despise or not judge another based on their maturity. It's not your place to do that. Because one or the other happens, you can either despise them, oh, I can't believe they haven't gotten with it yet, and and, and put them down because they haven't matured, gotten your enlightenment yet, or judge them. I can't believe they're doing that, kind of like me in that car with a guy listening to his rock station when I'm thinking, why aren't you listening to Harvest? Because maybe he had some sense, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? But the point is, you and I are to despise or judge one another. That's, That's the issue. Now, to help you to understand why, he wants you to understand that all believers are living for something. Do you realize that? You're living for something here whether you realize it or not. You're living for something. This is the reason for living. This is the the basis for living. So look with me, verse 4. Here's what he says. Verse 4. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands and falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is is able to make him stand. All right. It's not your place to judge others over opinions, and secondary issues. It's not your place to judge them over opinions or secondary issues, period. And and let's be honest, in today's day with the internet, there are millions of opinions out there, right? And all you got to do is just read something. Go off reading something and you're like, oh, I can't do this now because so-and-so says this. Okay, fine. But it's not for you and I to judge them that they hold to that because chances are they're judging you because you hold a different view. Do Do you understand what I'm saying? But for believers in a church, because remember, we're to love one another. You and I shouldn't be spending our time judging each other. We shouldn't. Over what? Opinions? Secondary issues. Now, let me just say something. If somebody sat up and said, I don't believe in Jesus, that he is the son of God, and that he died for us, then, okay, that's a basis for you to begin to say, okay, I can't agree with that. But somebody... Is talking to you about the music in your car? Or what team you root for? Or who you vote for? Those are secondary issues. And we're called not to what? Judge each other over that, right? We're not. Okay. Here's the next thing I want you to see here. Look with me. Basis for living. Verses 5 through 8. He's making a point here. Each person esteems one day better than another. While another esteems all days alike, each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the days, observes it in honor of the Lord. Think about who he's living for here. The one who observes the days, observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord. Since he gives thanks to God, while one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God, For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Wow, isn't that interesting? So here's what I want you to see here. Okay, so I'm not to be judging each person, so here's what I want you to see. Each person serves the Lord from their own convictions. Each person serves the Lord from their own convictions. So, okay, I've been walking with Jesus since 1985. That's 38 years now. And in 38 years in my relationship with Jesus, there, there are certain things in my relationship that are, are things that I do. They, they are what I do. And they are things that I feel that the Lord wants me to do in my relationship with him. And those are my convictions about what they are. Some of them, I just feel like he's led me into that, and so that's where I'm at, okay? A lot of people develop their own convictions about their walk with the Lord. Now, there are certain things about our walk with the Lord that are listed in the Scripture, but then there are certain things, like my friend who takes Thursdays, okay? Those, those are arbitrary, right? Right? The point is, is that each person, you serve the Lord from your own convictions. And so for some of you, you're told you'll never walk into another place again. I'll give you one for me. I'll never drink again, ever, period. I won't do that. Got myself in trouble with family before, because I wouldn't take the family wine at supper when I was with my European family, why? Because I won't allow that to what? Go there again. That's my conviction. Now, here's what happens, though, is when I impose my conviction on someone else. Do you understand? Then that becomes what? Legalism. Do you understand what I'm saying? Legalism. And we got to be careful of that. Each person serves the Lord from their own convictions. Here's the second thing he points out here. Why? Okay, Because Jesus died and rose again so that he would be Lord of all. Look with me at verse 9. Here's what he's saying. The reason why we live for the Lord is is he died for everyone. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Jesus is the Lord of all of us. So, okay, so what does that mean? Jesus is the Lord of the guy that doesn't root for the same team that I root for. Or the one that you root for. Jesus is the Lord for the believer of the one who doesn't vote the way that I vote. Jesus is the Lord for the one who doesn't do things the way I do them because there are things that I've developed in my life that are convictions about, I won't do this, I won't do that, but it's the same Lord. And so I live my life to the Lord, you live your life to the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? So he's getting to, don't divide yourself by opinions, by secondary issues. Love one another. Be there for one another. Okay? So he's trying to show you the basis for living is the Lord. So then why do we do that? Well, he gets to the issue of accountability. Look with me at verses 10 to 11. Here's what he says. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? For we will stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow bow to me and every tongue confess to God. What? That he is Lord. Here's the point I want you to see. There is an accountability for judging and despising a fellow believer. Do I need to say that again? I know it's on the screen. But maybe I do need to say that because sometimes I think we need to remember that. Because, okay, let let me just say this, okay? Okay. This morning, I woke up with a headache, okay? Not sure why. Could be for whatever reason. But I had a headache this morning. So typically when I have a headache, I'm grouchy, okay? I'm a lovey, I'm, I'm grouchy. You don't get grouchy, do you, okay, in the morning, okay? So with that, I have to be careful how I treat people. I should know myself by now, but I I guess I'm still a work in progress. I got to be careful about being grouchy. Because the fact of the matter is is that I can pass it off and forget about it and 10 years from now, I will forget that on October the 8th, 2023, I woke up with a headache and because of that, I was grouchy. And because of that, I maybe am not right with people. Or I am not right with people. Here's what I want you to see. The fact of the matter is, is one day I'm going to remember October the 8th. Why? Because I'll be reminded of October the 8th. By the people you talk to? No, 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 no. They may forget it too. But by the most important person. Jesus. See, there is an accountability for judging and despising a fellow believer. You and I need to recognize that. Some of us just are gotten so used to just letting it fly with each other and just expressing our opinions or or our anger or our resentment or our despising of others. Like there's no, I could just say whatever. And Paul's kind of reminding you, no, no, listen, I want you to understand, I just told you, love one another. Love one another. You just spent all that time at 13. Again, reiterating that point, love one another. Love each other. That's the commandment. When you do that, you fulfill the law. And, and, here, and here he is. He's getting right to the issue that is the basis. He isn't just talking about, oh, be kissy, kissy. Tolerate each other, especially when you have differing opinions. And just recognize here, he's saying here, listen, recognize, don't be judging someone or don't be despising them. Because, listen, you will be accountable because every knee will bow and every tongue confess what? That Jesus is Lord. There is an accountability for you and I. We say, I'm saved. I don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about going to hell. Just like when I appeared before my dad to give an account for why the principal called, to say that George was being stupid in school, I didn't have to worry about getting thrown out of the school, right? But I still had to face my dad and explain myself, right? Salvation doesn't remove the accountability. Do you, do you understand me? Let me? There is an accountability. So there is an accountability for judging and despising A fellow believer. Here's the final thing he wants you to see, and that's this. Look at me, verse 12. Then each of us, I mean, I don't know if I agree with you, George. Well, listen to what Paul says. Then each of us will give an account of himself to God. You're going to have to explain yourself to God. Oh, that's just Romans. Really? Listen to what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 to 37. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, or by your words you will be condemned. Now, I say a lot of dumb stuff, period, okay? I say a lot of dumb, th- now I hopefully don't say dumb stuff in messages, okay? All right. But I do say foolish things. I make statements or whatever, and, and a lot of times they're like, what are you saying, you know? What are you saying, Dad? Dad, your jokes are terrible. Dad, just stop, you know what I'm saying? I mean, so... The reality, I say careless stuff. You say careless stuff, right? I say careless stuff all the time. I forget what my careless stuff is. Do you remember every careless thing you said? Do you? But one day the judgment's coming and the cringeworthy stuff will be brought up and you'll have to give an account. Now, why is he making this point? Why is Paul spending this time talking about you and I are going to be accountable? Why? Because he gets back to the main issue, how we treat each other. Do you understand what I'm saying? How we treat each other, whether we're judging each other or despising each other. And the fact of the matter is is what he's trying to tell you is don't do that. Just as they're living for the Lord in whatever sense according to their convictions you embrace them as they embrace you as you live according to your convictions. And don't despise each other don't judge each other. Why? Because one day you have to give an account. And you may be able to talk yourself out of whatever here on earth but <sighs> That ain't going to work with the Lord. (laughs) He knows everything. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? He knows everything. And we're accountable. So what's the bottom line here? Where do we go with this, George? Okay, here's where we go. Paul has been telling you from the very beginning, give yourself to the Lord, chapter 12, verse 1. Present yourselves as living sacrifices to the Lord. He's saying to you, as you do that, verse 2, chapter 12, don't be conformed to the image of the world. What is the world? be honest. Let's be honest. The world doesn't want to get along with each other, right? The world is ready to judge each other based upon your opinion about this. Oh, you like red? Oh, my goodness, you should be liking blue. What's the matter with you? Don't you understand red means this or red does that? No, I just like red. Well, you're wrong. That's the way the world is. Don't be like the world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. What do we need to renew our mind with? Love each other. Love your neighbors. In doing so, you fulfill the whole law. How does that manifest itself? Bear with one another. Don't judge or despise each other just so you understand why, you're going to be accountable. You're going to be accountable. He's telling you, be different. Now, here's the bottom line with that one. Being different isn't a choice that I make. I don't have a switchboard in my office. Aren't you glad for that? And it says, oh, there's so-and-so, click, they're going to be different now. God doesn't even have that switchboard. The one who controls the switch about the change in your life is you. You have to change. And he'll help you to change as you allow his word to guide you to understand. Think about what our church would be like If we would genuinely start what? Loving and caring for each other, not despising or judging. Let's pray.